Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about being heroic, or better, the call to be heroic. We're starting a new series here at the Vineyard where we're basically looking into this whole thing about being heroic. You know, the underlying idea of it is that God has a story of redemption that He's inviting the world into, which obviously includes the city, the town, the neighborhood, and even the family that you live in. And added to this idea is that you, as a follower of Jesus, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is what you're called to, you are invited to be one of God's heroes in that story. He has called you and wants to empower you by His Holy Spirit to be one of His kingdom advances, to rise up to the challenge to step into the life that God has prepared for you. In the vineyard, we call that living a naturally supernatural life in essence it's an invitation by God for you to be heroic to do something greater than yourself something that has eternal significance and you know I don't know if that narrative captures you I don't know if the the thought of that tugs at something inside you you may know that you know throughout the world the story of the unlikely hero is one that really captures the imaginations of many cultures you can find hero narrative stories throughout all cultures in the world and most of them involve some sort of normal unsuspecting individual who is somewhat reluctant to step into something bigger maybe because they're aware of their inability or the unsuitability for the task at hand and yet they have a little bit of heart they have something in them that says yes to the challenge ahead even though they have no idea how they're going to get about that and in many of these narratives, what happens is an issue of great importance arises. Some, some great mission is, is needed. Some great quest has to be undertaken. And with the help of a group of friends or a fellowship, if you like, and the guidance and prompting of some wiser, wiser players in the story, the hero is thrust into this quest that is far greater than himself or herself. And they take on this big challenge uh, in the strength of something beyond them and so there's something in us that really resonates with this type of narrative it's almost as though we've been pre-programmed so that each one of us would have something inside of us that gnaws at us telling us that there is more to the mundane that there is something there's some greater meaning to our lives and so I'd like to suggest today that actually we are pre-programmed that way that God himself has done that and prepared us for the heroic call that comes to us through the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. The message is this, is that you are that hero called to play your part in God's ever-expanding kingdom. You were created for more than just a nice house or a nice job or a nice car. You know, does that concept... Concept? <laughs> concept. Does that concept intimidate you a little? Do you feel ill-equipped or unworthy to step into any story greater than the mundane? And you know, you may well be. You may it may well be over, over, over and above anything that you can achieve. But as we look at the life of Gideon today, we'll begin to realize that our inabilities are not obstacles for the purposes of God. They don't disqualify us from all that God wants to do in us and through us in this world. So join me in a small prayer before we get into our reading from Judges chapter 6 today. 
Father, thank you that you are able. And so this morning as we begin to look at the, the calling that you've placed in our lives and the life of Gideon, would you, would you give us belief? Belief that you can use us. That what you want to do in this world through us is possible because you are the main player in it all. Give us courage, Lord, today to hear your voice and to obey it. Guard my words this today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was going to say this morning there, but you might be watching in evening time or, or wherever, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So we're going to do a reading from Judges 6, just looking at uh, the call of Gideon to go do what the Lord wants him to do. And so what's been happening in the land of Israel at this point in time, this is long before they've had a king or anything like that, is the nation has just been going through um, a period of, 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 of backsliding and repenting, backsliding and repenting. And every time they backslide, God gives them over to the, the nations around him. When they repent, he delivers them. And so what had happened is... Uh, the Israelites had ditched worshipping Yahweh and started to worship the Baals and the Ashtoreth, you know, and all the fertility gods because, you know, they could do lots more sketchy things that way. And they'd started to worship all these other gods, so God hands them over to the Midianites, a, a group of people in, around the land at that point in time. The Midianites start to really oppress them. They take all their food, um, they go and they just take their harvests or they destroy their harvests, and, and the Israelites are really suffering and starving. And then they eventually cry out to the Lord rather than to these other gods. And this is where we take the story. So starting from verse 11 uh, in chapter 6, it goes this way. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero! The Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of, up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Do you ever feel that way in your life? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. And he answered, I will stay here until you return. So what happens is Gideon runs off, he prepares some food, uh, and then he comes back and he places it on a rock in front of the angel. And the angel takes his staff out, touches the rock, and then fire comes and consumes the whole thing. And uh, Gideon believes that because he's like, wow, that's impossible. And then what happens is Gideon says, fine, I'll step up to it. God tells him to go and sac sacrifice his dad's bull, tear down his dad's altar to Baal and, and the Ashtoreth pole in the town and build an altar to the Lord and sacrifice it. The town gets all upset, but uh, Gideon's dad bails him out, rescues him. And then uh, Gideon blows the trumpet and he summons thousands and thousands of men to come fight against the Midianites who have entered into the land. Um, they all show up and God's like, ah, that's too many people. If you guys win, you're going to take glory for yourself and you're not going to believe I helped you out. 
So uh, check, t tell the guys who are scared who can go away. So all the guys who are scared go away, but there's still thousands left. And then God says, well, send them down to a river. Whoever kind of drinks from their hands, keep them. And whoever gets down on their hands and knees and drinks straight from the water with their mouth, send them home. And what happens is left with three guys to fight like a hundred thousand, an army of a hundred thousand. But God basically comes in and he gives Gideon the victory. Uh, he puts terror amongst the Midianites. He sends Gideon down at night time to hear them gossiping. And they're all like super, super scared. So Midian, uh, Gideon goes down and attacks at night time, just blows a trumpet, sets off a bunch of light torches. And the Midianite camp just panic and they start killing each other. Uh, and then they start just running off in the darkness and all all the Israelites have to do is chase them and Just hack them down and Gideon's given the victory and it's through no strength of his own The Lord has just come in and out of the blue rescued him and he's used the most likely of people to do it And so what does this story teach us? Uh, this is what I want to dig in today first thing is this is God can use anyone to be his hero and that means you. And there are a couple of reasons why. So I'm going to jump between this Gideon story and, and the promises we have in the New Testament now. And so the first reason is that, is the New Testament one. You know, Jesus' death and resurrection means that anybody can be in relationship with God. That anyone can join the family, no matter what you've done in your life before. Jesus' work is the qualification in your resume. In submitting your life to Jesus, all that would disqualify you from being God's family, from being God's hero, wherever he's placed you in this world, is forgiven. All of that that would disqualify you is forgiven and forgotten. And your status as separated one from God or enemy of God or, or, or sinner or all those things, that is changed straight away from one of those things, or all of those things really, to child of God, chosen one. And that is all you need to be ready to go. And secondly, you know, another reason why you can be that hero regardless of who you are is that all God's work is done through His power. God does the tough stuff, is basically what that is saying. We get to participate, but the outcome is God's business. The success, the victory is His. And this is what we learn from Gideon's story, is that God did all the hard work. All Gideon had to do was play a part, was to participate was basically to do his bit he had some effort that he had to put into it but most of the time he was just spectating at the power of God being poured out and he got to share in that in some way and you know in the New Testament that's the way it's working for all of us God wants to invite people to be a part an active player in his saving work in this earth in the Old Testament it was only ever through one random individual or a prophet or an anointed king but in the New Testament, because of what Jesus has done, it's an all-inclusive call. Everybody gets to play. This is the wonder of the new covenant that Jesus brought us. We're all invited into the redemptive work, into the redemptive mission of God. And the Holy Spirit, the power of God, is poured out on all believers. Everyone is invited, like Gideon, to go in the strength we have. And what is that strength? It's the power of God. In us and so this leads me to my next point God can use you as his hero regardless of your circumstances so Gideon was uh, the least in his family of the weakest tribe of the weakest clan in his tribe 
and he was this scared guy. He was hiding at the bottom of a wine press, threshing wheat because he's scared that the Midianites were going to come off and just take take their food from him. And so, in this place of vulnerability, in this place of probably feeling very weak and feeling very worthless, the angel of the Lord comes in and says, "Mighty hero of God." Sometimes you see yourself a particular way, and you know if you're in my church and you're watching this right now, I know that there are a number of you that see yourselves that way. You're at the bottom of the metaphorical wine press in your life, threshing some wheat down there, feeling absolutely weak, feeling absolutely useless, you know, looking at the circumstances of life, going, I, I am nothing, I am a nobody. And God is sitting on a wall watching you and he's saying, mighty hero of God, it's time to step up. Come out of that wine press and start living the life I've designed you for. If you don't learn anything today, learn that and ponder it, please, because it's so important for your life. And so this is who Gideon was, and many of us are the same. We use our circumstances, our, our lack of ability, uh, our lack of power, our lack of influence, sins we committed 15, 20 years ago, or even a sin you committed yesterday. We use all of these things, you know, as viable reasons as to why we can't go and step out and do what God is asking us to do. And, you know, this is probably offensive to the Lord, especially for New Testament people. I don't like to say that because I'm as bad as anybody else. I don't like to think I'm offending God by not believing He can use me. But, you know, we're new creations in Christ. Our circumstances, you know, may seem like a mountain, an unsurmountable mountain to us. But to God, each of those mountains is just a light layer of dust on a table that all He has to do is blow and it's gone. It's a way. But we sometimes just don't want to believe that. We want to look at the mountain rather than God's ability to get it out of the way. If we would just say yes to his invite and obey him and step into the promises he has for our life. You know, we have to learn that we come to God as we are. And if you and I are willing to let him, he will overcome our circumstances. And then he will release us into the life he is promising us. You know, so the fact that you're not a theological giant or that you're still figuring how to hear his figuring out how to hear his voice in your in your heart or that you aren't gifted like so and so over there, or you work a boring job, or you're a homeschool mom or a homeschool dad, whatever you may think is your obstacle is actually inconsequential. God can use you in your circumstance. Or if your circumstance is really in the way of his purposes, he can overcome it. All you need to do is say yes where you are. Get up and go. But you do have to remember this one thing. Is that saying yes will often feel like you are way in over your head. But you know, we have to remember, we have to take heart. You know, like Peter, when he sees Jesus and he comes out on the water, Jesus says, come out. And he starts walking on the water and he must have felt pretty good at that first step. Wow, check this out. Look at me. You know, I'm, I'm doing it. And then, you know, it becomes overwhelming. Uh, he realizes all of a sudden that he's in over his head and he starts to sink. But what does God do? He doesn't let him drown. Jesus reaches in and he pulls him up. And that's the way God is with us. As we step out in faith, even if we feel like we're in over our head and we start to freak out, he reaches out and he grabs us and he stops us from drowning. He doesn't send us out on our own. He is with us by his Holy Spirit. 
And we also have to remember this when we begin to get overwhelmed, think, oh, I'm not up to this. Well, you might be right, you probably aren't. But we also have to remember this, God doesn't always call the equipped. But he always equips the called. He will give you what you need. He will prepare you in the way that you need to prepare. And he will empower you, empower you how you need to be empowered to do what he's asking you to do. You just need to take the next step. Whatever that is for you right now, just take the next step. God's going to give you what you need for the next step. He might not give you what you need to finish the marathon. Because he always gives you what you need for the next step. He might not even reveal the end point. But he always gives you that next step. And so when the moment feels intimidating, note that that is probably the point. I think God often calls us to achieve something that is only made possible because he intervenes. It's called living by faith. And it's really what makes the hero. It's what makes you and I grow. As I look over my life, I think of the big, hairy, audacious things God's challenged me to do. And how terrifying they were and how out of my depth I felt. And then I, I, I went through them and God came through for me. And I was like, oh, this is great. I can do anything with the Lord. But you know what? The next big challenge is always the same. It's always as intimidating. It's always as frightening, as frightening as the one before. But you grow a little bit each time. You believe a little bit more each time. Your faith increases a little bit more each time. And so I want to leave you with this question today. What is God inviting you into that just seems a little bit over your head? And what is one step you can take today to move closer to that thing? And take that step. Do it. Maybe even the thought of that is freaking you out a little right now. If so, let's uh, take a moment and invite God's Holy Spirit to come and minister to each one of us. To give you the courage, the boldness, whatever it is you need to be able to take that next step. Pray with me. Father, thank you that you're here by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're where each one of us is. Uh, in our living rooms, out in the yard, wherever we're listening in the car. Would you come right now? And just rest on each one of us. Would you give us the courage, the boldness, whatever it is we need to take the next step in obedience to you. Lord, help us to come out of the wine press. Help those of us who have idols in our lives to come out and chop those idols down and to burn them up and to follow you more faithfully. I just sense that God might be speaking to one or two of you right now that as I prayed that prayer, something came to mind, something that you've been holding on to, something that you put a little bit more value in, that you need a little bit more than you need God, um, or something that uh, you think God has to submit to in your life. And God's saying to you, no, that's your astropole, that's your, that's, your, that's your altar to Baal. You need to cut that down and sacrifice that. Burn it up to me so that you can be more faithful to me. I encourage you to do that right now. I just encourage each one of you just to sit in this moment and let God speak to you. Let him increase your boldness and be ready to step out in faith. 
you might not be a follower of Jesus right now and you might be feeling that tug you just know that there's a God in heaven that Jesus has come to reveal him to you and you need to do something about it right now and so I would like to invite you to surrender your life to Jesus and you do it like this you just pray your best prayer right now confessing all your sin recognizing that you are a sinner that apart from God you're evil and you need to be forgiven and restored to the good creation that he has made you to be ask him to forgive you all your sins and commit to follow Jesus with your whole life that his opinions have become your opinions and then get in touch with us let us know that you've made that decision and we'll give you some resources and help you get along that road there's a there's a screen that's going to come up now with a number that you can text just text uh, Jesus to that number and uh, if you're struggling to come up with a prayer we'll send you a little prayer that you can pray and we'll get in touch with you and help you along that journey if you're far away from us just contact the local church let them know you've decided to start following Jesus and they'll help you out so each one of us today take the step don't let the Sun go down today without taking a step a decision if you don't know how to take a step hold yourself accountable and call somebody and say hey this is the challenge in my life and this call is my first step that you'll hold me accountable to step into the things that God is calling me into so just linger in that moment pray through that moment let God speak to you right now and as I close in with this prayer of blessing over you you don't have to rush off try and enjoy the moment as much as you, as much as you can Let me pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks so much for listening today. I pray that God really comes through for you in the next weeks and months as you step forward into these new challenges. Goodbye.